Good morning. Welcome to Church in the Valley. We're glad that you're here to uh, worship with us this morning. Uh, Randy and some of the crew from CIV have headed to Fort Worth, Texas. Um, We're a church plant from our mother church called Hope Church, and they're celebrating this weekend their 30-year anniversary from when they started. So a few of the people from the congregation, including Randy, are there to celebrate with them. That's where Randy received his training and uh, kind of spent uh, his time in ministry there and and began CIB out of that church. So um, they're having a good time there celebrating. We're going to go ahead and continue uh, this week looking at uh, legendary uh, team. Uh, Randy started that three weeks ago. And legendary team is something that we can't claim we are, but it's something that God allows us to be as we do his work. Um, The first week, Randy talked about how a legendary team uh, is cohesive. Uh, They work together. It's a a tight-knit group that do things in a way that accomplishes the task ahead of them. Uh, In week two, he looked at uh, what it means to be proactive. As you see the task at hand, what are the steps that a legendary team does to do the task and to do it well? And then last week, he looked at the idea of being sharp. Not only do we do things and we accomplish things, but we do it in a way that it's excellent. It's done very well. Um, Really, these are characteristics of a high-performance team. Uh, When you look in business, usually high-performance teams are teams that are actually small. Uh, They're people that have received lots of training. Uh, They're highly skilled, and they're they're pretty small. They have a tight group. Um, Here at CIV, uh, our aim is not to be a small, tight-knit group, but really to grow. Uh, one of the pictures that we have um, of a high-performance team that is small is the Marines. Anyone know the slogan for the Marines? The few, the proud, the Marines. It's the idea of the few. It's, there's not many of us. Because there's not many of us, we're pretty proud because we're in that group. And so one of the things that we have to, to focus on as a church, and really on what God is doing around the world is, is how can we be a high-performance team while at the same time being inclusive to the people that God brings around? So we're going to dig in to a little bit of, of what inclusive, uh, what it means. And we're going to dig into Scripture. On your, in your bulletin, there's a listening guide. You can follow along. If you want to, there's blanks. You can fill those in or you can just listen, whatever you, you prefer. When you dig into Scripture, the first point on your listening guide uh, says, We are a family created by God. Part of being inclusive is realizing that we actually have, all of us, a common heritage that happened in the beginning of time when God created man and woman. The first man and woman was Adam and Eve. And Scripture says that this is really, from the beginning, how we all arrived here. Acts 17, 26 says, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them, and the exact places where they should live. Really, what this scripture is saying is that God is over all. He is father of all that he has created, and that includes every single one of us here and every person throughout the whole entire earth. He is father of them all because he created all of us. So already, through the seams of creation, God connected us, all of us, at the beginning of time through the person of Adam and Eve. But you may be here, and what's interesting is, although we have this common heritage found in the first people, 
I don't know about you, but there's times when I've just been on the outside looking in. Have you ever been excluded from something? And it just, it just hurts. I'm going to tell you a story. For those of you that know me, my junior high years were a rough period in the life of Alex Barrett. I'm going to tell you a little story of, of my first experience with this idea of, of being on the outside. If you've ever been to PE in junior high, you know that PE is the worst time, really, for any kid, but especially for me. So we're picking softball teams, and that's like the perfect picture of exclusiveness. Because, you know, they pick boy girl in the order of the most skilled so i'm i just want you to picture this i'm standing here's the backstop and you all stand in a whole line you know and you're, you're just kind of sizing everybody up like man who am i going to get picked before or will i get picked at all who's going to get picked after me and everyone's just kind of looking at each other and the captains are out there and the captains are always like the cool people so it's in a way they're determining if you're cool or not by when you get picked so I was standing there, and they're picking, and everyone is, is going, and it's like there's this team over there, and there's this team over here. And then there's me and two girls. So I'm thinking, well, I should get picked before one of them because it's boy-girl. So my chances are pretty good. So everyone's out there except for the three of us. And the captain of the basketball team looks out, and he's just gazing. I'm like, uh-oh. He's looking at me. And he just says, hey, is that a dude or a girl? That ripped my life apart. As I, as I stood there, I thought, how do you respond to something like that? Should I not respond? No, I responded. I said, I'm a dude. And then I think I got picked because they needed to pick a boy. So although we have this common heritage, you've experienced this. It may not be as dramatic as my life, but, but you've experienced this idea of, you know, we all want to belong. We really do. There's a part of us that even, even people that want to be different want to be accepted. And even people that claim they just want to be an individual, they really want to be an individual with a bunch of individuals. That's what you find. As a group of people, as humans, we all want to band together. And this was kind of built in the fabric of how God created things. But something happened, and that thing is sin. And as sin entered the world, as man went his own way, this unity and this common heritage began to get destroyed. And we couldn't see what we had in common. We only saw our differences. And we, we find that in today's culture. There's just, we're, we're saturated in culture by just division. But God's original plan is that he, he created, he is the father of all, so we do have this common heritage. So despite our sin and the, the fact that the division is now wound and woven into all parts of our lives, even the softball game, we find that, that exclusiveness exists. What you find is what God is doing in the world is he is recreating this family through the church. When man decided to go his own way, God accepted us back. The, uh, the next point there is the church is a family recreated by God. The church, Christians that come together, this is really God's family. This is what he's doing. 
John 1, 12 through 13 describes this. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. See, we, we all have been created by God and he's our father. But this verse is saying that when you make God the boss of your life, he, he now becomes your daddy. He's father of us all, but he's daddy to some. When he becomes our daddy, he now is our personal father for whom we give an account to. He's the boss of our lives. That's what it means to make Christ boss. He, he really is the daddy of our lives who calls the shots. What you begin is God is working on bringing unity and bringing us back inclusively together as we do things his way. So despite how we've been burned in our past, despite how we've been excluded from things, what you find is, is God is moving through the church and through Christians to allow people to find the hope and the community that they long for. That's really why we're here as Church in the Valley, is to provide a place where people can come, be accepted, and learn what it means to, to do things God's way. It's really a powerful movement that God has begun at the beginning of time, and he's continuing through us. And our job is to, to accept the people that he brings. We're going to dig a little bit further and see what that looks like. Ephesians 2.19 uh, describes, although our differences, we, we do find a place in God's kingdom. It says, Ephesians 2.19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. In the first century when this, this was written, you had people from, from different religious backgrounds. You had people from different ethnicities, from different cultures. And there was a sense that no one quite knew which slice of life they belonged to. What happens is these people became Christians as the, the spread of Christianity emerged. And people were beginning to see that through Jesus Christ, they could find new life. People weren't quite sure where they fit. I'm Jewish, but now I'm a Christian. So who am I supposed to relate to? I'm a Gentile, somebody who's not Jewish, and I'm a Christian. Who am I supposed to relate to? And what this this verse is saying is that it's not that you're an alien or you're a foreigner in the culture that you're in. But you are a child in the family of God. So if you've been checking out Christianity, what happens when you become a Christian is you become brother and sister to all those who are Christian as well. And really, as we're, we relate as brother and sister, you really find that the spiritual family that God puts together makes life so much better. Because you now have these people whom you band together with. And that's really what the legendary team is about. It's about the brothers and sisters that God has put together, working together to bring more brothers and sisters into the family. That's part of the movement that God is doing, and we have the opportunity to be a part of that. Although we're banded together in brothers and sisters, just like in your own family, you're, you're not the same as your, your brothers, you're not the same as your sisters. If you're married, you're not the same as your spouse. You're not the same as your parents. You're not the same as your kids. What you find is, is that there's, there's difference. Really, what that means is our family is varied. Part of being inclusive doesn't mean that we're all exactly the same. As you know, none of us are the same. We have different likes, dislikes, different colors, ethnicities, pasts. 
families, backgrounds, we're all different. But although our family is varied, we need to work to accepting each other. This is really what is um, counterculture. It's counterintuitive, this idea that really it's not just about celebrating differences, but realizing that we accept each other because Christ accepted us. We're going to look into that a little bit more. Galatians 3, 28 through 29 describes this. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This idea of there is neither is describing not that we're exactly the same, but that because God is our father, and when he becomes our daddy, when we walk with him, we now are a part of the common heritage. Abraham's seed um, really was the Jewish people. But this passage is saying it's not just about being Jewish. Abraham's seed is now for all those who become a child of God. All those who accept Jesus Christ are now a part of Abraham's seed. They have the opportunity to be a part of the family of God. That's very different than what we, we find in, in, in our culture today. There's just a part that even though we want to, to celebrate our differences, it's very hard for us to accept each other. What you find is when God enters our life, we now look upon each other with open arms. And that's what we need to do as, as a church. Uh, I'm going to show a clip. It's from a movie, uh, Remember the Titans. This movie is about a football team that um, really did, did some good things. Uh, they, they were a team of white and black players, which was unheard of at the time. And they became integrated. And they had a lot of issues at the beginning. It was basically within a team you had just little cliques and pockets of people. In this clip, what you find is kind of a turning point when they decided, when the coach encouraged them to, to move beyond that if they actually wanted to, to be successful. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Wake up, gentlemen, it's late, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. All right, listen up. You will follow Doc, myself, and the other coaches. We're going to take a little run through the woods. If you get lost along the way, don't bother coming back to camp. Just hitchhike your hind parts on home. Any questions? Coach, it's a high school football team. We're not the Marines here. Let's go. Anybody know what this place is? 
is Gettysburg. This is where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg. 50,000 men died right here on this field, fighting the same fight that we're still fighting amongst ourselves today. This green field right here, painted red, bubbling with blood of young boys, smoke. hot lead going right through their bodies. Listen to their souls, man. They killed my brother with malice in my heart. Hatred destroyed my family. You listen. Take a lesson from the dead. If we don't come together right now on this hollow ground, we too will be destroyed. Just like that. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you will learn to play this game like men. What I love about that clip is when they first come out, you, you notice the differences. It's black players, the white players. But what's so funny, about halfway through the clip, you realize as they're all running, they all are about ready to pass out. They're all ready to give up, but they have the same purpose. They've all got to get to the same place. That really is the same as what God is doing with us. Despite our differences, we want to head in the same direction and accomplish the mission he's given us. And really part of what that is is including other people as we, as we run that race together. And that's really, uh, there you see he's talking about the battle of Gettysburg. The battle that, that as Christians we point to is not the battle of Gettysburg, but it's the battle that Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's because of him that we can actually have community together and life together. And because of him, we have the opportunities, despite that we've gone our own way, to actually turn around and accomplish some things as we do things his way. There's great power in that. Because without it, we're, we're, we are isolated. But together, he, as we commit to him, he brings us together. Romans 15:7. It's in the PowerPoint. It says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. We can accept each other and new people as they come into our lives, not because they accept us, or not because we like them or not like them. We accept each other because Christ accepted us. He is our example. It's only because He accepted us that we have the opportunity to even live this life that he's given us. Part of what it means to be inclusive is, is as God grows the family, the family of God, we edify it. The idea of edify there is, in the original language, is to build up. Part of our role as a church in being inclusive is we build up the people that God brings here. We don't want people to be off 
by themselves trying to figure out what it means to become a Christian or what it means to be a Christian. Our role is to build everyone who is here up to maturity. Uh, Acts 16 is a great story of, of how when we tell others about Christ, God opens hearts. That's really what happens. As God grows the family, he is the one that opens the heart of people as we share with others about what he's done. How he's given us hope, how he's provided us peace, how he's forgiven us from what we've done, how he's given us a new future in him. As we share that with people, what you find is, is God, God draws people and, and he opens their hearts. Acts 16, 13 says, On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river. This is Luke speaking. And he says, Where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia. She's a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. It's really this picture of, of, of how people from completely different backgrounds came together. Not only did Paul share the message with her, that was being inclusive. She accepted the message. And then what you find is her whole household accepted the message as well. They were all baptized. So even then, that went to the next step of what it means to be inclusive. Paul shared, then she shared with the, the members of the household. Then, instead of leaving at that, she invited them to come in. What you find is this is a picture of community, from people that had nothing in common, that knew nothing of each other. Yet they came and stayed at their house in a while. Pretty different picture, isn't it, than, than our, our community that we have now? You know, you have your fences, and you drive right in your garage, and you don't even have to go to your front door anymore. You can just pull right in. What we find is, is although that may be what our neighborhoods look like, our church cannot look like that. It can't be a place where people aren't sure if they, if they fit or if they are going to be accepted. So we tell others about Christ and God opens hearts and people respond. The next step is we help God's people grow in following God. As people become Christians, they're spiritually babies. That's what it means to be born again. You experience new life in Jesus Christ. Part of our role as, as a church is to take spiritual babies and build them to maturity. All of us are in different places spiritually. Some of us are seeking what it means to be a Christian. Some of us are new Christians. Some of us have been Christians for years. But CIV is a place where all of us need help in how to take those next steps. And that's what we want to do. That's why we do different events. That's why we have groups. That's why we come together at church is to help people take those next steps. Moving beyond the spiritual baby to, to a spiritual adult. And that's really what we labor towards and work hard towards. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the Great Commission. This is one of the last things that Jesus said when he was on earth. He basically sums up this idea of, of growth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. 
Be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That really is the picture. People becoming disciples, people learning what it means to follow Christ, moving beyond infancy to adulthood. And it only happens as we're, as we're inclusive, as we're working together to bring new people in and to grow the people that God's given us. That's really the mission of CIV. One of the things, though, is that there, there are boundaries to inclusiveness. Uh, we still hold to certain beliefs. We still hold to certain behaviors. And we still hold to certain tastes. If you came this morning and you wanted to be a part of a church who played hip-hop music, you might have been disappointed. Um, other people, they want to be a part of a church who they sing hymns and they've got organs and orchestras and you might have been disappointed if you were looking for that. So what you find is, is although we're inclusive, we do have different tastes and that's okay. At CIV, we have certain tastes that we're committing to, to help people make sense of what church is about. And we hold to those things. But part of being inclusive is not just within our church, but realizing that there's other churches that are also doing the will of God. We know that there's churches in Diamond Bar, in California, in the United States, and around the world, that if people aren't here, they can go there and still find God and grow in Him. So not only are we inclusive locally, but we're inclusive in this general sense of how God is moving around the world. And so we still band together with some according to tastes and preferences. And that's okay. If you're checking out church in the valley and you're still deciding if this is kind of the, way, the place that you fit, then, then stay. If, it, if you're still not quite sure, there's, there's other churches. But what we want to do is for the people that are a part of church in the valley, we want to provide every opportunity to include people. We want to allow people to make the choice, not us make the choice for them by being exclusive. Um, some of the boundaries I'm, that I, I just mentioned, um, I'm going to go through these. These are basic beliefs that we hold to as, as Christians. If we really are here to accomplish the mission of bringing people to Christ and then growing people in Christ, then we have to hold to certain beliefs. It can't happen by believing everything. And it can't happen by believing nothing. It happens only as we believe the truth that's found in Scripture. This is in the PowerPoint. It's not in your listening guide. I'm just going to walk you through what are some of the general boundaries that we have in our inclusiveness. What's, what is our foundation? First is the God of the Bible is the true God. One of the things before you can become a Christian is you, you need to nail that down. You need to know that that is true. Because that's what the foundation of Christianity is. Uh, Jesus Christ is God. There's scriptures um, on each of these that you can check out in your own time. Uh, only by trusting Jesus Christ can a person be made right with God. The Bible is our guide for truth and practice. Part of why we read the Bible here is we want to know what the truth is. And then we want to know how to live that in our lives. That's very important. And then God is to be honored by the way that we live. It's kind of like when you, you drive, you know, on the open road. You ever just wanted to go on a drive and just find where you're going to end up? You just go and you just want to not have any plan, but just drive. Experience just 
the freedom of going on a journey. Have you ever done that? What you find is, is that although we can have this, this journey on the open road, there's still guardrails. Have you ever driven in the mountains? Have you ever driven up the Big Bear? You take one of those turns a little quick, and you're like, uh-oh. Guardrails are a good thing, so you don't fly off the cliff. Speed limits are a good thing. Seatbelts are a good thing. Well, these are some of the boundaries of driving on the open road. It's the same with the church. While we accept all, we need to have strong hearts. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And we need to discover that for ourselves. And that's really what the foundation is. Because of that, if we hold to certain beliefs and behaviors, uh, some of the things that can destroy the church and our inclusiveness is if we insist on living just ungodly lifestyles, all of us mess up every day. We say something we shouldn't. We have a bad attitude. We just want to, to do things our own way. We want to be selfish. And I, I'm going to struggle with that the rest of my life. But the direction of my life should be to, to grow. Despite the sin Despite those times when I just fall down and I mess up, the direction of my life should be to move towards growth. It's being, being inclusive. Part of what that means is, is that we're, we're not committed just to doing things our own way. Even though we're going to struggle with that, we're not going to stop fighting the battle. The other thing that, that is part of the boundaries is we can't have divisive people. Divisiveness actually destroys inclusiveness. Remember back in like high school, junior high, when you, were, you had a group of friends and then, you know, some friends aren't as close anymore and you, you just get in the sense where people aren't talking to each other and there's just this funky tension. You experience that funky tension in relationships? Well, that can happen in church. As, as people decide that they don't want to do things the way that we're going, or if they, they're not really trusting the leadership of the church, what can start to happen is that, that tension begins to, begins to start. Now at CIV, we want to discuss the problems that come up. And we'll do everything that we can to, to remedy the situation. But sometimes it's not the problems that come up, it's, it's people. For some reason, they, they just they can't support the direction of the church and other churches. And so what we need to do as a congregation is while we're inclusive, we can't have division among us. That's really what a team is. So we have to keep on insisting on a direction of our lives that, that are to growth, and, that's, and we want to help each other with that. And then we really want to help in the unity of the church. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about how the legendary team and unity work together next week. So those are some of the boundaries that exist in, in the inclusive church that God has created. Uh, the fifth thing there is our church family must never stop growing. Part of the reason we have these boundaries is so growth can occur. We want to maximize growth. And what you find is, is that we can't ever stop growing. Think that, you know what, we're, we're okay with, with how we are. Really, this is like two different types of trees. Um, we want to be a redwood, 
a redwood church, not a bonsai church. You guys ever seen Karate Kid? You remember Mr. Miyagi? He's always working on those bonsai trees. I just was watching this a couple days ago. And Daniel's son comes up and says, how was that tree so, so small? And, you know, you, you look at it, it looks like a chia pet tree. It's like the smallest thing you've ever seen. And, you know, Mr. Miyagi says, I, I bind the roots and I cut here and I cut there. We, we can't bind the roots of Church in the Valley. There's just a part of us that we, we kind of like things that are small. You know, it's a little more comfortable. Cheers, you know, when everyone knows your name. I mean, that feels like that's the perfect place ever. But you know what? As God's growing, you may not know everyone's name. So go meet them. Get to know the people that God is bringing around. That's what being inclusive is. It's not about keeping small, binding the roots, so growth is, is slowed. It's really like a redwood. If you've ever seen a redwood tree, the trunk is, is huge. I mean, you can, you can drive cars through the trunks of, of redwood trees. And their root is, is like our, our beliefs, what we believe as a church. That's our foundation. That's our root. But from that root, growth is really maximized as we work together. And it just grows up into this huge tree that just spreads. These things are huge. And that's really what we want to be as a church. As God brings people around, we want to include them. We want to help them grow. And we want Church in the Valley to keep to keep spreading. That's really to the honor to the honor of God. There's a great verse that I that I really love to read because it, it just kind of shows me that God really does work when we, we ask him to. And he really does include people when we ask him to include people. Acts two four forty one says those who accepted his message were baptized and about three thousand were added to the number that day. This, this is a story of 120 people that were praying. Could you imagine 120 of us praying? Say, God, we want to be an inclusive church. And we want you to bring some people to CIV so we can help them grow. So we can help them become Christians. But part of the, the bonsai mentality is, could you imagine logistically what these guys faced? 120 of them and then 3,000? Think about us as a church. Kind of the questions like, where would we all fit? What about the coffee? We'd run out of coffee. We'd have to scoot our chairs closer together. It'd be hotter in here. But these are the things that we, we fight because there's just a part of us that it feels good just to be comfortable. But as we extend ourselves, we watch God really moves. And he really does miraculous things. I encourage you, if you've been checking out CIB... We want to help you take um, next steps. And there's some next steps in your connection card. If you could take this out. I'm going to do the announcements after this. But your connection card here is, is how we communicate with each other. This is how you communicate with us. On the bottom of the back of your connection card, there's some My Next Steps. These are some things that you can do this week to take what you've heard to take that next step. Uh, first thing is I will ask God for help in accepting others. We all have just times when we just we have a hard time accepting people. God really wants us to do that. I will ask God to continue to grow CIV. We're not in control of, of 
of our growth. It really is God doing that. But we want to be faithful. And one of the ways we can be faithful is to pray. Um, I will pray and look for opportunities to share Christ with those around me. Because as you share, God opens hearts. Last, I will take steps to become more and more involved in CIV. There's some opportunities you can read about in your, in your bulletin. You can check on your card. We really want to include you in the life of CIV. If you've been here a while, we want to help you take the next steps. Um, no matter where you are, how do you, you keep growing and how do you move forward? That's really what we want to help you with. So we're glad that you're here, and we really want to include you in church life. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for accepting us, even despite our intentions on going our own way and the fact that we sin and we are selfish. You, you do accept us. And thank you for the new life that we can have in you. You really can become our daddy as we decide to do things your way and make you the boss. God, show us just what our own next steps are, just the ways that we need to take to, to apply these characteristics of being a legendary team to being inclusive. God, give us uh, the strength to do that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.